0: And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. So at that moment, at that
1: moment, he gave me peace and he gave me hope. The old saying goes, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And in so many ways, that really is true. So it's in this month when we celebrate Mother's Day that we wanna take a closer look at motherhood and how we can help encourage moms everywhere. I'm Stacy Houck and on this episode of This Is Family, we're going to do something a little different than normal. The guys have stepped aside and we have a show for moms by moms. When we think of motherhood, The very word carries so much meaning and nuance. There are so many paths that we mothers take on our journeys through motherhood. Some of our experiences are difficult and painful, but most of them are wonderful and joyous. Today, I'm going to have a conversation with three incredible moms who I am blessed to call friends. And I'll only briefly introduce them here because you'll learn more about them during our conversation. And I know we just want to jump right in. In our studio today, we have with us Sister Stephanie Matthews, Sister Miranda Thomason, and someone very special to me, my own mom, Renee Staten. Uh, each of these ladies are outstanding mothers, and today we're going to explore their unique journeys through motherhood. Ladies, welcome to This Is Family. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So let's start with some background information from each of you. Why don't we go around the table and each of you can just take a couple of minutes to give our listeners a little history
2: on your motherhood journey. Sister Matthews, why don't you go first? When we first got married, uh, we had everything planned out. We had a five-year detailed plan and we we knew when we were going to have kids. We knew when we were going to announce it to our parents. Everything was all, all in the books. Um we decided at some point in time that we were going to move that up a little bit. And so we started um, planning our family a little bit earlier. While we were going through that, I talked to a friend and she said, you know, you you may want to be prepared. Things may not go as you would expect. And so I didn't put too much thought into it then, but little did I know how true that that would really be. Um, so we started the process of the family and um, things just weren't working as we expected. Uh, we talked to our doctor, but then of course they said, Um, It could take a year, and so basically just for a year, we can't really do anything much medically. Um, So we waited the year, and then they began to run some tests, and we did everything the doctors recommended, just continued to pray. Um, There were some hard days pretty regularly in that time. Um, It can be hard—infertility can be hard on a a person, on an individual, and also on a marriage. Wow. Um, A lot of disappointments and questions. Um, But what helped, I think, was just having God at the center of it all and having a good supportive friend and family group that helped us. Um, uh, we tried everything then short of in vitro. And um, at some point we had to make some big decisions there. Uh, when we decided to go with foster, share, foster care, there were still um, many challenges. We loved each of the kids that God placed in our home, um, just like they were our own. <laughs> Didn't know what the future held, of course, like, like everyone and had to trust God. Uh, during that process, one thing that was pretty hard was we also had a, failed private adoption that kind of fell through. Um, the hardest part, I think, was I felt like I heard from God before then that we were going to have a little girl. Wow. So we got the call that um, this lady had a ba- was going to have a baby, and she wanted us to adopt it. And so I said, well, what was it? What is it going to be? And they said, well, it's a girl. I said, oh, that's God. That has to be God. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And so I was thinking that that was God the whole time. Um, then we got to the end, and the mom changed her mind, and the baby was born. My and goodness. so— uh, that was that was a lot. That was just a reminder again of the infertility and the heaviness that that carried. Um, had a lot of questions then in my walk with God, and didn't understand why God allowed it to happen, um, why answers didn't come like I thought they would. Uh, I still can't say that every question was answered, but I think through the process, God helped us see. You know, He had a plan, and everything yeah. in His plan was just perfect. Yeah. Um, and you can look back and see God working it all out. We ended up fostering for six years. Uh, we have five different children in our home, and then we adopted our two amazing little boys. Uh, they're the biggest blessings in life and worth mm-hmm. every struggle that we went through. Um, seeing them grow and live for God and seeing them down on the altar, raising their hands and worshiping has been the, the most amazing blessing I could ever think of. Oh my goodness. Yeah,
1: I saw a uh, Corbin the other night. In fact, my husband took a picture of, of Brother Matthews with corbin yeah. in the altar there and he was just pouring his little heart out
2: really special that was one of the first times he's really gone and uh-huh. prayed down front so wow been a lot so awesome well your your uh,
1: little guys are just so cute and it's it's so it's so uh neat to hear the story and a little bit more behind you know how that all came together um so i guess now just moving on to uh miranda why don't you go ahead and give us your little bit of your background um, well, um, I got married when I was
0: 20 and then we had our first child, Marissa at 24. And so everything's going great. Everything's good. And we have, um, two more children later after that, Morgan and Connor.
1: I was in your wedding. Actually. Yeah, you were. You're my yes, cousin. Yes. I don't know if anybody <laughs> on the show knows this, but Miranda's my cousin.
0: <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we're doing life, you know, having, you know, married. And then, um, after 14 years of marriage, um, my husband filed for divorce mm-hmm. and so then I found myself as a single mom of a 10, 8, and four year old wow. at that time. So yeah. not so easy. It's, no, <laughs> it's not easy, but the Lord's been good and he's been with us the whole time.
1: He's been good, mm-hmm. a good God. Okay, mom, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit?
3: Okay, so I got married at the age of eighteen <laughs> and um was a very young mother. Uh, I truly felt like a missionary. When I left home, left all my friends, my family, and um, my husband and I, we decided that uh, we wanted to have children right away. So Stephen, he came nine months, 20 days later, and I was a very proud mom of the cutest baby on the planet.
2: <laughs>
3: Stephen, he got the Holy Ghost uh, his first year at camp, and he was eight years old, he, and he also got baptized that year. Then um, he turned 15, and that's when life really began with Stephen. Uh, He was in a private school, and he decided that he wanted to go to a public school, so we went ahead and let him go to Perry High School. and thought we would give this a try, and um, while he was at the school, he wanted to get involved in sports so he uh it seemed like every uh sport that he tried out for he made the team and my husband and I we weren't that happy about that we weren't really even pushing for him to play sports but that was just you know mm-hmm. a passion of his he re- he really truly wanted to just be involved in sports and he was good at it <laughs> and he was very good <laughs> yeah. at it he was just a natural so anyway um Things just got to where that he got more involved in in joy and sports than church. it just became you know it very yeah, it just took over his life so then um at around the age of eighteen, Stephen he moved out of our home and that was when uh things got really stressful and scary for us because we just we really didn't have any control over his life um I can remember one time when uh, Stephen—this was after he had gotten back in church. um, He and I were just sitting down, and we were just having a conversation. And um, I was just telling him that, you know, I just had to turn him over to Jesus. And his response was, yeah, and you'll never believe the stuff that he let me do. (laughs) So, anyways, it was— Quite the road that we had to travel, but yeah. we wow. made, we made it through. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well,
1: let's go ahead and maybe just talk about some of those challenges and some of the and also some of the victories um, that each of you faced on your journey through motherhood. So Mom, why don't we go ahead and start with you on that? Just okay. tell us a little bit.
3: Okay, well, so um, just dealing with Stephen being away from the church. It really taught me how to pray. I really just started telling Jesus on him. Actually, just started telling Jesus everything he was doing. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to go telling everybody else. So I just started telling Jesus. And um I did talk to my brother-in-law, which is a pastor, Jerry Staten, and he had a huge influence on my life. Um, I just I just didn't even know what to do, and so uh, he actually worked with me and told me how to pray for a backslidden son. Yeah. So uh, he told me, you know, during my prayer time, to just start rebuking any demons off of Stephen. You know, the mm-hmm. demon of alcohol, the demon of addiction. Yeah. Just you know, start rebuking those things off of him. And he told me not to dwell so much on the things that were negative about him and the um, things that I would actually even maybe see him do, but to start dwelling on the things uh, that I uh, could see for his future. And uh, he told me to pray and ask God, to give me visions of his future. Wow. So that's what I would do when I was praying. I would say, God, please just give me um, some visions of what my son is going to be. And um, he actually did give me two visions. The first one, I could see Stephen with his hands raised and just praying at the altar. Mm. And that was huge to me because when your child, you feel like it's in the gutter, and that someday you're going to actually see him yeah, at the altar. encouraging. That's so encouraging. So I was very thankful for that vision. The other one was that he was behind a pulpit on a platform speaking, and that was like huge. So those were truly things that I really held on to. Um, Stephen, uh, he had started smoking cigarettes, so you know, every time I would see a cigarette, like, or a pack of them, I didn't want to just go and throw those away because I knew he would just go and spend more money buying more cigarettes, and I didn't want him giving the devil any more of his money. So I remember just telling him that if I saw any cigarettes, that I was just going to pray over those cigarettes, and I was going to pray over that pack of cigarettes, that God would just um, give him all kinds of Conviction sermons through those, so you know I figured you know God can take those cigarettes and and make good of them and help Him to have some nice sermons from them. Also, um, I slept well at night. I made sure that I was getting my rest and I slept well. But I prayed that Stephen would not sleep and that he would just be fighting himself out of the flames of hell. And uh, later, Stephen did tell me that there were many times that that did happen.
1: I remember, yeah. I remember hearing some of those prayers, yeah, and, and I remember walking in and, and you know seeing some of those conversations too, and really the impact yeah. it had on me as the other, you know, right uh, child. In yeah, the home.
3: I mean, when you're praying certain things, and then later your your child tells you, well. Yeah, those things did happen that you were praying. That's just so, confirmation. Yeah. So, those are some ways that,
1: you know, you dealt with the reality of the situation and how God helped you with it. Yes. What what was like the turning point in his return home and just kind of then give us a snapshot of where he is today.
3: Okay. So, he had actually hit bottom. He he really truly just didn't know what to do with his life. Um, so he was wanting to uh move back home and my husband and I we we didn't feel like that uh with his current lifestyle that, that that would work so we just told him that you know he wouldn't be able to move back home so he proceeded to let us know that he had changed that he wasn't drinking anymore so we thought oh well okay you know we'll we'll think about it so about a week later, we decided to give him a surprise visit to where he was living at in New Albany. And this is when you you guys ended up at the bar. Yes, and so we made a surprise visit. He was at a bar in New Albany. Doug went on ahead and went into the bar. I wasn't going to go in there, and I just stayed outside. And so then Doug sees Stephen on the dance floor. He you know, Stephen just was shocked to see his dad, and so they come. They both come outside. Well, while they're in the bar, I'm out talking to the policeman, and I'm seeing kids going in now the bar, and I'm telling them, "Don't go in there; it's like the pit of hell." And I'm just feeling the call to preach. And so <laughs> Stephen, when he sees me out there preaching to his friends and the policeman, and telling the policeman that, you know, he's a kid that's got good family, ministers in his family. The policemen are like just in shock. And so Stephen, by this time he had had it. He didn't want anybody else knowing anything about his good life. So he takes and throws me over his shoulder and tells me I'm going to the car. So as he's carrying me to the car, I'm screaming, he's a one God apostolic tongue talking, holy roller born again, heaven bound believer. And he's never coming back here. And he never did. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. That's so great.
3: So, so that was yeah. kind of the the turning point there. And he yes. ended up out so in he ended California. Up, right. So anyways, uh, actually, my husband then comes to the car because Stephen and I are already in the car. And um, we, we're, we proceeded to tell him that he was not moving back home, that we didn't feel like that, that it was going to work out, but that we did know of a program. And it was a one-year program out in California. And that. We could give him $5, put him on a plane, and he could go to this one-year program. So it was like a rehab, apostolic rehab.
1: And they, so got, they got his life in order. Really, yes, so that's, that's what, what really helped ended up, him yes. to kind of organize his life and get into a good routine of devotion and prayer. and Yes, And just exactly. uh, working hard not being lazy, you know, That's all the different right. things that he kind of had to relearn. Yes. And but you had taught him. You had oh, taught him yeah. those things. That's right. He
3: kind of had to relearn them. And I was so excited because three months later, after he was in the program, my husband and I, we got to go there for the first time. And I'll never forget getting to see the first vision that God had given me. Wow. And he was at the altar. With his hands raised, he was actually jumping up and down. Wow. I was like, is this the same kid? And worshiping God. And then um, three years later, I got to see the second vision come to truth. And he was at a apostolic church in Champaign, Illinois, teaching on a platform, a Bible study. Wow. So, that's awesome. God so amazing. Is that is
1: awesome. Such a touching uh, story and a testimony of Yes, what God can do. That's right. And how he, you know, helped you through that time. <laughs> so um, give us a little snapshot of maybe just a brief little
3: snapshot of where he is today. Okay. I know you. So he has been married to his beautiful wife for about 17 years, and he has four amazing kids. Uh, in 2006, he moved to Champaign, Illinois, and he actually started up a apostolic rehab program, <laughs> which is now Lifeline Connect. He worked at Lifeline Connect uh, and in the church ministries there for about three years. And during his ministry there, there were several men delivered from addictions. And one of them is actually now the pastor of that church in Illinois, where he started up the program. So that wow. you know, yeah. shows what God can do. Uh, in 2009, he moved back to Indianapolis to take a job uh, working with his dad. And he has been there for 14 years now and is in management. He's a very thoughtful and giving person. He loves to make people laugh. And if, you're, if you'll laugh at his jokes, you're his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's a great father. He works in several ministries at our Greenwood and our main campus. This is just what prayer can do. That's great. <laughs> wow.
1: Okay. So um Miranda, why don't you just go ahead and and give us a little bit of insight. Um after your divorce, you know, what were the most difficult moments as you look back as your new role as a single mom? Um,
0: so I was um I I don't think I really have had time to process everything that I've, you know, went sure. through. So when sure. I was mm-hmm. um thinking about these these different questions, um I think the Um, most difficult moments when I was first, I just had to just throw myself in there's no way to just, you can't just stop. You can't just stop life. You just, Mm -hmm. it has to keep on going. And so, um, at that point in time, I was a stay at home mom. And so there was, I didn't have the, you know, work. I wasn't having education. I only had a high school degree. I didn't have anything going for me in that, that regard, but, um, I had the Lord and um wow. and I just he just helped me to have peace. Like it was gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. But but also that's scary. The finances are scary. Like how are you going to support your family um when you're a stay at home mom? Yeah. And yeah. so just trying to figure um life out on that aspect was very difficult. Like what's my next steps? Like the what are, what's happening? Side, yeah, really those types of things. Yes. It's, yeah. Yeah. Just it's um so it was it was that that part was scary. The finances was scary. Um, also just um, at that point in time too, I was thinking, um, how do I share my kids? Um, I didn't sign up to share my kids. I didn't mm. sign up to mm. go from one house to another or, right. you know, any of those things or to not have my kids on the weekend or not have my kids for summer vacations or um, any of those things. I, you know, I didn't sign up for you that. You hadn't That's, been trained no, either on how that, to do this. No. This, yeah. this <laughs> was, was not, yeah, this was not, an option. Divorce was not an option for me, but, um, you know, when it happens, it happens and you just, mm-hmm. just keep going, you know, the Lord just helps you to keep going and you hold your hand. And so, um, just, I think the finances and, um, those types of things. And also I didn't want to let bitterness or any of those things come wow. across in any way, shape or form. That's a one thing you divorce. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things with divorce that, pain. that and yeah. to process those things. And um, I don't, I didn't want to project that onto my children or mm. for them to have any of that, those kinds of things towards their dad or have any of those feelings. So, um, you know, these were just things that I, a lot I, of setting yourself aside. Mm. Right. Yes. For your kids. Right. Yeah. And just trying to, to do that, and my kids were awesome through the whole thing. I just they mm-hmm. they already knew things were happening. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like they they weren't dumb. They they knew things were yeah. happening. So, um, you try to protect them as much as you can, but um, they were they were there. They were involved. They were you know. So you just try to be honest yeah. with them. But just seeing those those were difficult
1: difficult times yeah, just to think about have to those, things. those things and go through those things and and be tough almost yes. turn into little yes. adults yes. And they, too
0: quickly yes very yeah. much so and so and they do they have to mature a little bit quicker and they're involved i mean they know they know things are happening and and you can't you can't protect them from everything when those things are happening so it's just
3: sure. um
0: you know, you try your best. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. I think that was the, the finances were. It's was that's just a struggle. That is really a. Difficult. I think as a woman, you want to feel secure. And that's a part of sure. your security as your finances. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, um, just leaning on the Lord has been mm. my only option in mm. in every aspect. Is just to lean on Him and to help Him to guide me through it. And man, has He done that? He's mm. just awesome. been awesome through it all and just to see what He's done in our life. It's so been amazing.
1: Maybe just tell us a little bit about the blessings that you found in the middle of the journey.
0: Yes. Um, I think just going from the start of it, just thinking about, um, um, I th- I knew the Lord, like, you know, I had a prayer life. I would get up every morning. You know, I have those things and um, and have that, I had the word, you know, in my mind, like I had it, like I, you know, I did everything that I was supposed to do. We were involved in Sunday school. We were involved in everything. Like there wasn't anything that we weren't involved in, but um, the kids, when they, about a year later, um, their dad had moved to Michigan at that point in time. And this was the first time that my kids were actually gone for like a weekend. Like this was, you know, this was for, you know, for real. This was was like, (laughs) this is okay. This is happening. This is for real. And um, I remember, you know, of course, that night was rough, but I remember getting up like I always do, getting my Bible and reading. And that day I went to Isaiah 54 and um, talked about your, you know, the Lord, your husband, and it goes through all that. Wow! But there was one, one, one point in there, and it said, um, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of thy children. So at that moment, at that moment, he gave me peace and he gave me hope. And that word, like the word has never been the same for me. He spoke to me that day. And now everything in, in the Bible, every word, that's mine. And that's how he speaks. Like, that's how he shows me. And I just knew like, okay, I, when I got that, it was, I had hope. I had hope. You 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 lost I, your earthly husband, yes. but it was, it was as, like if he, God was yes, telling he, you. He was telling me that it talks about if you you guys can read Isaiah fifty four for mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. but you would know. But it's just like, I mean, you've been forsaken, you've been you know whatever. Yeah. But I'm taking you back. Like I'm taking oh, you in. I'm going to take Jesus. care of you, those types of things. So when you go and read it, like it's it's pretty amazing. I've got <laughs> you, me, and
1: also I've got your children. Yes,
0: yes. Whole, he's taking package. care of like he's yeah. going to take care of it, and um, but at that that I just had this moment with the Lord. That was the first time like he just, and like, and ever since then, life's not been the same. Like he's just, the word became alive at that moment to me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's living, breathing, like every word, like it is, I mean, it is living. The word Mm -hmm. is living. Like it, it guides us, it directs us. Like that's how he does it. Like he is, God is amazing. And he can speak at any point point in time, and then so just going back to that, but he just he just gave me that piece, gave in me that the middle hope. in that I, Yes, right there.
1: That was yes, a that was yes, in his word, yes, yeah.
0: And he's and I and I said, Lord, just show me what a good husband is, and that was it. That was it. And two yeah. days later, he opened the door for me to come to Indianapolis, and he showed mm-hmm. out. Like he paid for everything for me to get here mm. to my moving truck and wow. to just- What a great Like I was in a contract, mm. took care of that. I mean, he took care of the paint. I mean, literally to the paint on the walls, to the blinds on my windows. Like he took care of everything. Like wow. he provided a job. He provided a home. He I did that. all that. And so he got us here. And just, he's been amazing mm. ever since. Like I just- Lord, the Lord has provided so many things miraculous. I mean, we've had vehicles given, like he just is amazing. He's how, the number one provide, husband. Yeah,
1: <laughs> number one husband. Is that what you're but telling But just to see,
0: <laughs> and just to see how, he, so when he did that, so so coming to Indianapolis, my kids got to go to Calvary Christian School and they get to be a part of Calvary Tabernacle in the youth group. And so every time that they come home, And we have conversations and they tell me what they learned in Bible class or they, they did like, and we sit down at the dinner table, this promise, Mm -hmm. my, all your children are going to be taught of the Lord. I mean, that is reminded every day to me when they, when we get to talk about the, like, it's. It's amazing what God can do. Like, yeah. it's amazing what He can do with yeah. the mess and what He can do. And to yeah. see where my kids are today the and how God can... is working in them. I I like kids, you know, they're I'm amazing. all about the babies or whatever. But to see what God is doing in my kids' life and to see them grow and yeah. to see them talk and see what they're— they're excited about living for the Lord. They're excited yeah. about doing those things. And I just—I think that's amazing to me what yeah. God can do Such and how blessing. He just— how, what he can do in people's life, how, like, like how he can turn what the enemy meant for evil and turn it and into And make good. something beautiful good, out yes. of Yes. It. And it's yes. just
1: love that amazing. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, so Sister Matthews, what caused you and your husband to turn the corner toward adoption?
2: Yeah, that was, it was a long process, of course, but um we had done everything, Medically that we could, except for in vitro. And so then we just prayed. I mean, we prayed through the whole thing anyways, but we prayed that specifically, Specifically. yeah. And we felt like in vitro wasn't for us, but we began to feel like God was going to give us children in a different way. We didn't understand all the details then um, and just kept praying as it went along. And in the process of all this, um, my husband was mentoring a young man from church um, and we didn't know what that would all entail, but he, at some point, um, we had the opportunity to bring him home to live with us for a time. He lived with us for about a year, and then he was able to go back to his family. Um, Somewhere in the middle of that, we just began to feel like we should be pursuing adoption. We didn't know that, yeah, yeah, didn't know how or why exactly, and we just kept feeling a burden um, and a love for kids that had been through a lot. As we were, you know, in children's ministry at the time, and we just kept being drawn to kids that that had those challenges in life. Um, And with all that, we were just were led to fostering. Um, in that process, we stepped out, we were trying to step out in faith and we purchased a minivan. We didn't have any kids. We just purchased a minivan because (laughs) we're trying to show God we have faith and we know you're going to do this. (laughs) So, um, a few months after that, we received uh, a call. We were preparing for a kid's revival and received a call for our first placements, um, a five-year-old little girl and a three-year-old little boy. Um, life changed really quickly, bringing two two kids into the home. Um, we were really thankful for that opportunity though, um, We didn't plan on taking any other placements at the time. We had our house full. We were good. Um, And about five months after that, uh, my husband just woke up and he was praying one day and he just felt like God put adoption on his heart, which, you know, we were already in the process of fostering. Didn't seem to be a big surprise. He just felt like adoption. And later that day, same day, just later on that day, in 2017, it was January, it was a Friday, we got the call um, to take Corbin. And so um, we just knew, we knew then. That that's what God had for Corbin was we were going to be adopting yeah. him. We didn't know how, didn't know when. And so that helped us through the whole time, the ups and downs of the court systems and things sure. like that, the questions. We knew that he was going to be ours one day. Um. So after that, uh, we I guess that was us going from zero to three children in a matter of six months. Wow, that's an awful <laughs> lot to yeah. process and take yeah. on. A lot of adjustments really <laughs> Even quickly. when you're excited, it's yeah. still a lot. It yes. was, yeah. definitely. <laughs> so... And then after about a year we had the the first two children, their sibling was born and came to be with us. So then that went to four kids, all under probably seven years old. So I remember that time. You guys were awfully busy. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what it looked like because we're trying to control Oh, You all the kids handled all the it with grace.
1: You handled it just just yeah.
2: <laughs> so with all that, with the ups and downs of the court systems and things like that, I think some of it you thought it was gonna be a time where you would be moving forward and you're not gonna think about all the infertility and things like that. But even that, thinking about the uncertainty of their futures and not knowing kind of brought up memories of the infertility still. Um, but I think through it all, it helped us see that and we were able to lean on knowing that God had a plan and He mm-hmm. knew exactly what each of those children needed and He knew exactly what what we needed um, as a family. And He worked out all the details in His perfect timing like we could never have planned. Yeah, that's so great. That's so awesome. What uh, What does motherhood mean to you now? uh that's that's just having a, gone through all that you know. <laughs> that's a lot I think a couple different things I see motherhood like as in you know there's a, there are birth moms of children and I'm thankful for those I'm thankful for the birth birth moms of my children that allow me to be a part of their lives um then there are moms that may may not have birthed their children but they love them love them just the same um it's just being a mom is one of the most important jobs I think in life in the world um we, we give, we love, and we're blessed to receive that back. And such a huge responsibility at the same time to love and nurture and grow those children and help them learn the things of God and help them be what God has for them to be. That's great. Thank you for sharing that with us.
1: Well, what what would you like others to know about being a mother in light of your story? Let's just start with you, Miranda. If you can answer that for us, um,
0: I think I would like to tell moms to lean into God's grace. Um, sometimes we think life has to be perfect, but like, or we have to be perfect. We have to have it all together. Mm-hmm. But God's enough. He'll help you. He'll He'll get you through the the mistakes, the the tough and we're times. Not perfect, the, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and also um, lean into your church family. Um, you know, sometimes maybe I'm. But being a single mom, you know, you think you're alone. But I felt like the Lord said, "You're only as alone as you want to be." Oh, like, wow. um, hmm. like I have people, and um, like I, I sometimes, you know, coming with a single mom, you feel like you got to be really, you know, I got this together and independent, and you know, and um, especially a Christian, you, you, you don't want people to know you're weak or you have, you know, fault. you, you know, see media yeah, or yeah, any yeah, of those sure. things. But, um, man. When I start inviting p- people into, um, you know, things in my life and things that I'm going through, they've covered me. I mean, my church family is amazing and they have surrounded me. They've surrounded my kids. They've been supportive. They've been mm-hmm. there. And I would like, I'm um, just lean in. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Like you're not weak. Like that's what, so I mean, that's good. the only way that we grow. That's the only way that we get, get anywhere further is when we ask questions and we go to people and don't. Don't be afraid to lean in. They're they're ready to help you. Like and they are. Right. The
1: enemy. The enemy almost wants you to think that you're being weak. Yes. Because he doesn't want you to partner up with no. anyone. You're no. stronger when he you wants, have other people yes, in he your wants life. Yes. He wants to isolate and us. He and he doesn't us you to up. be isolated. So yes. he mm-hmm. he kind of disguises that yes. as weakness. Right. But it's it's not yes. true. Yes. But Very lean, good that you brought
0: that up. Lean in. Lean into your church family. That's how so God good. loves us. He loves us through the body.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that, mom. Well, um, prayer is what truly gave me the peace that I needed. I think that it's very important um, as you're building a family and you have children that you build a strong foundation because they're they're paying attention, they're watching, and they're seeing everything that you're doing. If you're missing church or if you're being inconsistent or if you're just playing church, then that's what they're going to do. And so I'm I'm so thankful that as my husband and I we were going through this with a prodigal son um leaving the church that we stayed in the church and we kept a strong foundation for him to be able to come back to. So good. Uh, yeah. He had told me that if it hadn't been for us as his parents and also you as his sister <laughs> staying strong in the church and helping him to be able to find his way back. He said that was just a blessing that That's we all, great. you know, stayed in the church. So, so good. So important. Yeah,
1: so
2: good. And then what about you, Sister Matthews? What would you say? I would just say um, everyone's journey is different. And like Sister Miranda said, it's it's good to to bring people along with you for that support. You need that. And so don't be afraid to reach out for that. And even though there are going to be times of disappointment and challenges along the way for some people um, to becoming a mom, just don't give up on God's plan. Um, it's always perfect and worth waiting for. Beautiful. Well, each of you have your
1: own set of circumstances that demonstrate that no matter what the situation a mother you know may find herself in, being a mother is something that we can all really celebrate and and encourage. Unfortunately, we're out of. Uh, time for today. But in our closing moments, Miranda, would you mind closing us out um, with this episode of This is Family in Prayer? Lord,
0: we're so thankful that we have you to lean on in every circumstance, in every trial, and every difficult thing that we go through, Lord. You, Lord. You're our help. You're our strength. You are everything that we need, Lord. Just bless, Lord Jesus, God, each mom, Lord Jesus, that might be listening, Lord Jesus, that's going through a struggle, that's going through a hard time. Lord, we're asking, Lord Jesus, that you come in, your arms comfort and strengthen, Lord Jesus, God. Give them the help, the support that they need, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we're just asking that you continue to bless and guide each one of us, Lord, as we're going through this journey, God. We can't do it without you, Lord. We're looking to you for all things, God. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, ladies, happy Mother's Day month to you all. And we're so thankful that you shared your stories with us. It's been a lovely time just having you here on This Is Family. Mm-hmm.
3: Thanks you for having us.
0: If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you don't already follow Calvary on social media, make sure you like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform at Indie. We hope you'll join us next month for another episode of
1: This Is Family. For now, we say farewell and we pray God's blessings on your family.